podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, Sai, welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, a one-stop shop for interviews, podcasts, content on a whole variety of subjects. Your shows on mental health, football, films, TV, wrestling, music, and more. Uh, today's show is the second in a series on conspiracy theories. Uh, it's just a bit of a more light-hearted podcast compared to some of the mental health ones we've done. Uh, today's show is the first one where we're focusing on a particular conspiracy after we did the introduction last week. Uh, and it's the granddaddy of all conspiracy theories, which is Aliens. So it should be a bit of fun. <coughs> me. We'll uh, discuss various aspects of aliens, Area 51, crop circles, Roswell, and alike. Uh, thank you all for joining me. My guest for the trip down the rabbit hole of uh, paranoia and government conspiracies is Reese. All right, Reese. Hello, everyone. Hello, Sai. What's going on? So. Just uh, we had Reese's camera working until literally about 30 seconds before we started recording, and then it just went off. Uh, but we're still looking into it, we'll sort it out at some point. It is what it is, can't all do nothing about it. Issues. Yeah, oh, mate, after yesterday of recording a whole interview with an fo- ex footballer and then finding out none of the audio recorded, I could cope with no camera, mate, to be honest. So, like I did last week, uh, just a quick disclaimer because people get a bit arsy and a bit offended. Um, So, just we just want to point out that just because we discuss particular theories, particular conspiracies, doesn't mean we believe them to be true or we agree with the points of view which we might present or the evidence that we might present or people who believe it. we're simply just going to discuss them because we find them entertaining and interesting and uh, find out or we'll look at the evidence which is presented by people who champion certain conspiracies. Um, alien, aliens and like is not, <clears throat> it didn't really apply so much the disclaimer to that, but some of the others will do. You know, some people will moan, some people will criticise, but... You know, we got it there. Interesting to talk talk about with all different points of view. Got to talk about these things. So, aliens. I suppose the first question, Reese: Are aliens real? My opinion on this: There's got to be some other form of life out there. There's got to be. Yeah, when you consider... Like, there's got to be. Like, when you consider Earth is like a tiny speck compared to all the other planets and whatnot in the solar system and in the whole universe and all that, even, you know, things that they haven't discovered yet. Earth is like a tiny speck. And if we've got all this sort of technology and uh, intelligent life, if you want to call it that, you know, I find it very difficult to believe that there's nothing like that Anywhere else, I find it exceptionally unlikely, to be honest. And um, I find it even more difficult to believe with, as you've just said, all the technology and everything we've got, and they haven't discovered proof. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, <clears throat> just, uh, we just touched on it last week, didn't we, with governments and the things they don't tell you. I yeah. think it's difficult to say whether they've had... You know, there's, there's some people who think they've had contact, they had contact years ago, and there's all types of treaties in place with presidents of, uh, you know, United States presidents of years gone by who agreed treaties with them and stuff like that. But, I mean, you, you until they come out and say it, you're sort of going on whistleblowers and conspiracy theories. Um, yeah, there's never been hard evidence of any of it, is there? I think... For me, like when you look at um, like some of the Aztec drawings and stuff like that, and you know inside the pyramids and the temples and stuff like that, 
and you see like flying saucers in those paintings and you know they're from thousands of years ago that says to me that they've been in contact because that says to me that it's not a new thing people thinking that there's something up in you know up in space and well, where is look at the way the aztecs and some of them have built and aligned their temples i mean the buildings they built and things it's, it's an engineering miracle how they could build them buildings in the first place with the tools and resources they had. But not just that, I think it's the Aztecs, they've got seven temples. Basically, if you shone a light through the roof of each temple, each of these seven temples, the lights will meet in a point in the sky. How the hell could they have done that? I mean, I've heard talk of they had a man basically in a hanging from a hot air balloon as such no way there is no way on this earth you could align all them points without modern technology well i think it would be hard enough to do with modern technology um technology you know with things like laser pointers and all this type of jazz but you know when you're talking about like when things like temples and pyramids were made they didn't have anything which could fly they didn't have cranes they didn't have cameras they didn't have you know like te technological compasses and whatever you know whatever you want to say they didn't have the, the tools or the ability to do it which makes you think that they had some help and like <clears throat> we touched on this a bit last week um obviously with the pyramids, like I know technically you, they could have built them, built them and it would have taken years and years and years just because of the sheer size of them and the sheer size of those bricks, like the rocks which make up those pyramids. You know, they're so big. You're talking like groups of people would have had to carry them or they'd have had to, you know. There's, there's no way a group of people could have held them bricks and positioned them in the way they do without machinery and equipment well exactly that and like well you know more than me when it comes to sort of bricks and stuff but like i'd imagine that particularly that size but to get them all lined up so perfectly on every single pyramid without any sort of spirit level or whatever else you may use is very very difficult and then when you add in the size and the heat and the... even to just make one of them blocks without tape measures anything like that there's probably not a person alive now who could make all them blocks to fit by hand with without tape measures or anything so how the hell did they do it come on oh, you know God, they're... they're all exactly the same size like to the to the you know to the millimeter and it's the positioning of them as well, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's phenomenal work. Yeah, so I think me and you are both uh, both on board that they, uh, it's, you know, they had some sort of help. And it, the fact that they, if we're assuming that they had some sort of contact with some type of uh, being or people who had technology that no one else on the planet had at that time um you know where did they where did those people come from um like even now where the governments and people have got secret technology i would have thought the secret technology that the those people had or their governments or the people in charge had you know it was nowhere near what you need to achieve that so had to come from somewhere somebody um so yeah oh, totally there's only two answers to that it's either extraterrestrial life has guided them or somebody has gone back in time aliens is the more believable answer right now yeah you say that time travel you never know you know, when, when you've only got two answers, you've got to pick one of them. There, there is no way on this earth the people of that time could have pulled off the engineering marvels they did 
without machinery equipment and an alien foreman. Gotcha. Someone tell and it's not just the tools and the equipment as well and the ability to use those tools and use that equipment, but also the ability to design like you say, the light so that it all shines to the same place to yeah, design, you, you know you is, need the programs, you need everything. It's it's impossible. So have you uh, have you ever had an experience like a, a an abduction experience or seen a UFO? If you did, I've been probed. It's a lie. <laughs> I've seen it written on a toilet somewhere. I'm sure. I think I wrote it, mate. To be honest, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was one time before. There was me and one of my friends. I won't mention his name, but we were we'd have been about. 13 or 14 years old, we were over one of the local parks, not drinking cider. <laughs> and we were just lying on the floor the one day. We looked up, and he said to me, look at that there. And in the sky, there was a triangle of three lights. Perfect triangle, just three round lights. And we were just staring at it. And all of a sudden, it moved with such immense speed to, it must have gone 20, 30 miles across the sky in seconds. How and then it was it? three times and then disappeared. Was it quite big? Like bigger than a like a jet, like a fighter jet? You wouldn't be able to perceive how big it was because it was a black, dark sky and there was just three lights, so you didn't know how far away it was. You you couldn't have judged anything other than the speed that this thing moved. So um one of the shows I want to do in the future is um is on these these ships, which you just described, basically. But I want to do a separate show on them because yeah. there's loads and loads of evidence and radars. And, and Rich Hall, who I mentioned to you last week, in a really good um, documentary, I can't remember what it was called, but like about these flying triangles. And they, they showed up on um, Belgium uh, radar systems in I think it was like the late eighties, maybe the early nineties, and then they had all the air force going after them, and they pulled off all these maneuvers that were just, you know, like out of this world. But because well, of the when they were trialing, was it the the B fifty one? Yeah, that's it. I think it's the B fifty one. I I was uh, TR three B. It's called. Um, I, I I remember a brief story about the triangular craft before. Yeah, so these TR-3Bs, they've been spotted all over the all over Europe, especially, but um, in Britain, um, and some of them are massive. Like I'm talking, like football field size, um, and they move at the speed of light. And what they've got is they've got like these. Um, so you know, like the three lights you were talking about, is yeah. um, they're like three balls like a ball in each corner which balances the craft out and it's like um like a gravitational um oh, what's the word but yeah so basically rather than using like jet engines and stuff like that it uses this gravitational field well, it from uses this magnetic force basically yeah and, right. um, it, and, and what i'll do is when we do that show is I'll send you the documentary to watch because it's so good, mate. It's one of the best I've seen because it's one of the best I've seen. One, because he, as a documentary maker, he's so good because he only bases his, like his documentaries. He only uses like provable fact and witness yeah. testimony. Like it's not like what you see on like the BBC or Sky where a lot of it's like hearsay and, and like innuendo and stuff like that. It's, and, there was like you said the radar and the, and there's so many people have seen him, especially in Britain, but also in like I say Belgium and I think France was one of them, and they're seen quite regularly, but because they can move so quick, it's very difficult to people find it difficult to get them on on camera because they're just gone in seconds, and they're so big 
you're almost like because they can move so fast you're almost like did i did i see that or did i just imagine it type thing? and the thing is there's so many hoax videos out there as well yeah god yeah. you know how many i'll be honest i'll hold my hands up i i made a hoax video before use the chinese lantern it was a pitch black sky so you couldn't see anything other than this chinese lantern and all i did was move the phone quite quickly left and right and it actually looks like a flying craft moving fast oh, yeah. and that's how simple I'm... it is you know you imagine someone who's good with technology and computers and things they could draw up anything they want look at the films we watch well i was going to say like what we were talking about with marvel um, the other night the graphics are so good and so convincing. I think, unless you know what you're doing from a video point of view, where you can like download a video and you can go into it and you can go into like photo, uh, like a photo equivalent of Photoshop and you can see like which bits have been added in. So like with a photo, if you faked a photo and then you sent it to me, I could, I'm, I'd be able to go into Photoshop and change the contrast and colors. And you can see, like, which bits been pasted into the photo and blended yeah. in. And stuff. Like, I wouldn't have <laughs> do it with a video, but you know, obviously, there's people who can do it. But I mean, in terms of people putting stuff on like YouTube and stuff, which people then goes viral, and that it's you see so many, and it's very difficult then to pick what you think is fake, what you think is real, you know. It, it even may, it can make believers non-believers from watching yeah. too much. You've got definitely met, and I think as well as then when you like you've got is it real? Is it fake? And then when you add in like government disinformation, um, and one thing when I was reading up and watching up about Area Fifty One, it's like when the rumours of Area Fifty One first started sort of coming up. And it was mainly people thought it was for like to do with Roswell and to do with nuclear testing. The president come out and he they they came out with like three or four different cover stories where they said one, and then when that got blown up by the papers or by Russia, I think one of them got sort of caught out. They just lied some more, and then eventually they sort of admitted to it being there. But for years they used to just come out with like. Oh yes, um, there's nothing there. Nothing there at all. There's no base there. There's nothing, and it's like it's like you go there. Though they'll keep feeding you the lie until it gets exposed, and then they bend the truth, and it all becomes believable again. Yeah, and that's that's why I don't believe anything. With with the Roswell incident, nineteen forty-seven, I think it was. So at the time. To communicate things around the world, it couldn't be done instantly, like with the internet and things nowadays. So when they first released, you know, soldiers had found a round metallic object, papers had already printed it before the cover-up came back out. Oh, no, it was a weather balloon. And that's yeah. how she started. Yeah, no, I think, I believe it was, um, it was on the radio, I think, wasn't it? And then it was in the papers before they were able to get a get a handle on it so i suppose in today's sort of way of looking at it, it's almost like something something crashed and people with camera phones got there before the military got there to, to say it's a weather balloon or whatnot but i yeah. mean i mean it's different these days because the radar systems and the detection systems that the military and the governments have got are so high tech like as good as you think they are, they're probably another 10, 15, 20 years ahead of that. Um, well, you say the radar can't be that good. Look at 9-11. Oh, don't start me on that now. Because <laughs> let that happen. But, uh, and I'll get into that now. I'll be here for, a, for an hour just to moan in about that. <clears throat> so, so you've, you haven't been abducted. It's good, good to hear. And... Uh, You've seen a triangle, a triangular craft. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen anything myself. However, I've heard lots of rumours about Saint Athen, um, just outside Cardiff, having some links to UFOs. And yeah. um, apparently, in the late eighties, they had um, a specialist team 
that would go to crash sites, um, and they would. This team was based in Saint uh, Saint Athen. They um, there was an incident in Brecon where there was a crash, um, and again, funny enough, Rich D Hall interviewed this guy who was part of this team, like tracked him down, living in the valley somewhere, and he um, like kind of spoke to him. Um, and he had radiation poisoning and cancer and all this stuff where they had guarded this wreckage and just been told, stand by there, guard it, you know, don't let anyone come near it unless they've got the specific clearance. And he was riddled with like cancer and stuff from radiation poisoning. Um, and then another incident which happened in Bracken was that they found a, a car with it was parked up top Bracken Beacons, all the doors open, lights on, um, no one around, no one in. And I think and going off the top of my head for this, but I think they found one of the people from the car a few weeks later in London, completely dishevelled and didn't know what was going on. So um I think, you know, I never thought of it until I'd sort of seen these documentaries. I didn't really think of Wales and sort of Cardiff and stuff where it, where we live as, as some, you know, as something like I didn't really associate that with like UFOs or aliens or anything like that. Yeah. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, that's like up the road. Wow. Jesus. So, yeah, that's what I was a bit eye-opening i gotta be honest yeah there's been quite a few things up in the beacons haven't there regarding aliens yeah yeah and i think um i don't know whether it's just because there's mountains or whether it's quite a quiet area so obviously whether it's aliens or it's secret military craft or whatever it may be because obviously the military do a lot of um a lot of training exercises up there and I'm not saying that these instances would be military training exercises. Yeah. However, a military training exercise is a very good excuse to cut it off from civilians if you want to go and collect a wreckage or you want to investigate something, uh, whatever it may be. And like Bracken's quite a quiet area anyway, especially when yeah. you get up to the beacons. So, I mean... I'm not sure if it's that, if that's the reason, or if it's like, like I say, these the, there's rumours about Saint Athens. I don't know if these teams are still in place, but it certainly sounds like um, there was a team based in Saint Athens. Yeah, well, as, as you know, I only lived down the road from Saint Athens pretty much, and when we were younger, we heard all the stories and things like this. The, the men in black are Saint Athens, should we say? Oh yeah. And uh, oh, the men in black! I've got that on my list of stuff to talk about, like the real men of uh, real men in black. Yeah. So, uh, what do you reckon? What was the first sort of alien conspiracy, or like the first time you remember coming across like a like an alien or Area Fifty One or just well, something? The, the Roswell story. I think yeah. um, for me, I think I came across Area Fifty One first. But I think Roswell was like the first sort of first one I looked into and the first one I like where I heard of this sort of wreckage and crash and all this type of thing. But I got to be honest, I don't think I heard about it until or I certainly didn't take like an interest in it until like my adult life. I don't remember. I think no, I, I don't remember ever thinking like um books about it when I was younger because you know we didn't have Google and things like that no, pretty no, much no. you know the computers were so slow and things like that back then you it was easier to go down the library and find out and oh, I yeah. was I was a bit of a bookworm when I was younger and I used to love the unknown basically I always wanted to know what no one else did yeah, well, I think that's like human nature, I think, as well, yeah. isn't it? It is like um, people, humans are curious. And uh, when you find something you're interested in, which you think other people aren't aware of, 
you kind of want to find out about it and tell people about it. Yeah. My wife gets better for me telling her about conspiracy theories and 9-11 and this, that and the other. She's like, oh, all right. <laughs> she thinks she's given up trying to debate you with me. But, you know, I uh, I get a bit carried away sometimes, I do. So Roswell, yeah. um, <clears throat> Roswell happened uh, in July 1947 that, the crash occurred about 75 miles north of Roswell, New Mexico. Um, the object crashed on a ranch owned by the family, uh, by the Foster family, uh, and it was man- managed by someone called William Mac Brazel. There was a $3,000 award offered for the debris of the crashed flying saucer. Um, I haven't got it written down, but something I read earlier, that was partly because they didn't want people to find like bits of it if it had broken off when it crashed, but also because they felt like someone may have removed some parts. Uh, so, like, say, the peop- some people who discovered it may have taken away bits of it. Yeah, so, I, I remember reading that. Yes. I mean, you think back then, £3,000 or $3,000 was a hell of a lot of money. Oh god! Back then as well, nobody had any idea about aliens or anything, so you wouldn't have suspected anything. So if you found something, or even if you stole one of them items, you'd return and get that money. Yeah, God, right, God, you would. Well played. The guy who managed the the farm or the ranch, not farm, the ranch uh, was this William Brazel. Uh, he had found some of the debris and he packed some and took it, took it into town and showed people, which I would assume is part of the reason that it got out on the radio and the papers. Because uh, it sounds as if this guy, you know, the something crashed on his ranch or the ranch he was managing. So he was telling people, you know, what's what you would do, especially without Facebook yeah. and Twitter and all these types of things. Straight into your town and tell... Uh, tell the people in the coffee shop or the bar or whatever. Um, and he described the debris as having symbols that were pink, purple, lavender in colour, located on the eye beams. Um, so it was, yeah, it was like a flying saucer, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean... Or weather balloon, as they say. Yeah, so the press release was titled... In the, so I'm assuming it was. It says that it was released by the army base um, initially. So it says uh, RAFF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region, um, and that was released by the army to the media. However, that soon changed to the debris, or the debris was taken to Fort Worth in Texas for examination, and then they had a major, major. General Roger Ramey uh, claimed the debris was from a weather balloon, uh, and that was like a few days later. And then yeah. they were they released a second press release, which was released by the army by someone higher up, uh, and they claimed the debris was from a weather balloon, contradicting the first press release. The media coverage of the crash disappeared as the second story was accepted by all, which is. When you read that and you listen to that, it's mind-boggling that that a flying saucer could crash, people could find it, it could be in the papers and the news, the army would issue um, an actual press release saying that a flying saucer was captured, and then suddenly they change the story and say, oh, no, it was a weather balloon, as if they wouldn't have known that when they released the first press release, if it was a weather balloon or a flying saucer. Everyone's mindset was different. Now, we're more open to these things. Back then, nothing like that ever happened. So it was just totally non-believable. Yeah, it's a weird one, though, isn't it? Because, like like I say, like, look there at it now. nuts about and things like that back then. You know, there was no research into it as such. Yeah, so I, um, I think... The, the real sort of conspiracy theories, if you like, or the research into it, they didn't really happen straight away. It took a few years. Um, so this happened in 1947. 
1970, the, the major who had claimed that it was a weather balloon, his son claimed that the balloon was a, the balloon story was a cover up, shock horror. Uh, he claimed the balloon story was meant to conceal, obviously, the real facts that alluded to the crash. But I mean, and that's his son uh, who, who was talking, what, 20 years, 23 years later? I mean, it shows how long it took. I, I'm sure people looked into it before that, and I'm sure there was research and UFO sort of researchers or magazines and stuff who looked into it before that. The thing is, with humans saying it, you've always got a question. Is he telling the truth or has he done it for many? Yeah. Why is he, why is he saying it? Why is he coming out now? Why is he, why is, why was it this story yesterday? And now yeah. it's this story today. What does he get out of it? Um, you know, maybe we're just cynical, Reese. you know? Maybe that we should take people's word for these things. I, I want to believe, but I want concrete proof. If you yeah, want me to and believe the unbelievable, I need concrete proof. But I really yeah. don't want to believe it. I just, I need proof. Like, all the videos that came out all them years ago, I don't believe any of them at all because there's no way a video like that would have escaped. No, you, no, you know, no. Like nowadays, it's easier. You know, you, you can fit a video onto a little pinhead. Yeah, you know, it's... Technology. Now, you can do it. But back then, they'd have had to Smart walk out with a reel of tape or a cassette. It wouldn't yeah. have happened. It's not going to happen. So I don't believe the videos... But I do believe there was something, purely yeah. because, you say, because of the radio and press release. Yeah, and the press release is the big one for me because the army doesn't contact, you know, they don't comment on every little thing. Do you know what I mean? So if, if they're yeah, saying... Be, on the flip side, as I said again, human mindset back then, discovering aliens would have been the world's biggest discovery ever at that time. If they weren't already around. Was it the army and the government getting overexcited? And it really was a weather balloon, but they got overexcited thinking it was more. Or... Being devil Yeah, or whether maybe they were, like, uh, overexcited about the discovery, released a press release in their excitement, and then the higher-ups said, oh, you can't tell people because it'll cause panic or whatever their reasoning is for not telling people but so there's i suppose there's that aspect to it too but knowing how the army is run and how the military is run and how the government is run i think the fact that they released a official press release saying that it was a flying saucer to me is a big big huge red flag and sort of worry or something went on that day so after the Major's son uh, in 1970 had said it was a cover-up and whatnot, uh, in the late later on in 1970, the this story sort of started to reach journalists and like proper journalists. Uh, and a journalist called Stanton T. Friedman, uh, he actually interviewed the Major, and um, this revived a lot of interest within the case. And I think a lot of the earliest sort of documentaries and books, I think they came out around, you know, around this time, around the 70s, which again is like, that's a good 20 years later. But, you know, there's, I'm sure there's thousands of books on Roswell. And it, 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 this is one of them things, though, if people can cash in on something and make money, they're going to. You know, so a lot of it is you've got to sift through a whole lot of shit to, to find the golden nuggets. Yeah, and I think, like, if you think, like, all those thousands of books which have been written on Roswell, I bet you the, those two, the journalist I mentioned and the, the manager of the ranch and the different people who were involved, I bet they were all, yeah, all interviewed for those books, all got paid for every book. Yeah. So, you know, whilst they might be telling the truth, not disputing that they still made their coin out of it over the I years bet if, I bet if you went back and in the same story i bet if you went back and watched them all 
say they told the same story a hundred times, by the hundredth time, that story will be 20 minutes longer because they'll make more money off it. Yeah. It'd be and interesting, it, wouldn't it? Watch the first time they said it, and then the last time they said it, and yeah. see what details have changed, and uh, see if it's remained completely the same. Um, in, so interest, obviously, within that Roswell incident, made to a huge rise of eyewitness accounts of flying saucers and you know, ships and crashes and aliens and all this, because the idea had been planted then in 1947, people believed, whether the newspapers believed the government story, it was out there, just the just the, the concept that there was flying saucer. People would start seeing stuff, and, and whether it's for money to sell their story and they want a quick buck, or whether it was just because people now had it in their consciousness, they were more, they were looking for it, or they were more adept or more likely to notice things in the sky, which maybe they hadn't noticed before. Could be anything. And I mean, it could just be the technology had moved along and there was more, more secret planes and different types of craft being tested by the military. You know, obviously New Mexico is um, a lot of sort of desert and stuff where the military probably tested their aircrafts. And I do wonder how much of people spotting, like eyewitness accounts of, oh, I saw a flying saucer, or I saw a ship, or I saw this. It, I think a lot of it is military. Yeah, 99% of it, you know, it's, it's got to be us doing it, basically. But there's still that 1%. There's, there's got to be intelligent life out there. But that leads me to believe as they should be a higher form of intelligence, if they don't want to get spotted in the sky, they're not going to get spotted. No. no We've got no. aircraft that can fly invisible, so they're bound to have things way beyond our capabilities. No, you're right there. So there was a video released in 1995 claiming to be the footage of the uh, autopsy, which I think is that that's the video you were referring yeah. to, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it aired everywhere, um, but later the person who made the film, uh, Ray Santinelli, he admitted that uh, it was a reconstruction of the footage that they had had and lost, which makes it very difficult to believe then, doesn't it? Because You can't believe it, can you? But did he actually release the real footage but then got offered enough money to spin this story? It's and again, it goes back to the initial press release. You know, they went back on it, the press release at the start, so there's nothing to say that they couldn't have done the same in this instance. This guy leaked it and then changed his mind for whether it's money or threats or whatever. I just don't know. The, um, the only convincing video I've ever seen in my eyes of, like, an alien... Is, um, have you seen the one? It's in a moon documentary. Um, I think it's called something like The Dark Side of the Moon. And um, it's this like British woman doing a voiceover. And they've got like this dead alien woman. Or like a female dead alien on like a slab or in a ship or whatever. And there's like, looks so realistic, right? And because it's in the middle of a documentary, it's based just on like facts about the moon landing and different aspects of that. It makes it really believable. And this particular documentary, have you ever seen the clip where they, um, they're holding like a black sheet against the window to yeah. cover half the earth and to make it look like they're further away when really yeah. they're actually just in orbit? Um, yeah. This documentary, I think was, I think I'm right in saying, was the first, film which sort of released that clip so like there's a lot of stuff in that documentary which is you know is legitimate which makes it even more tricky to tell and it does look very realistic it's like a female alien and yeah that just sprung to mind anyway um 
so yeah, you had the the autopsy in night, which came out in nineteen ninety five. They said it was reconstructed of lost footage, but um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people visit Roswell every year. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think it's just to say they've been there? Do you think it's to see if they it's see the people come to Los Angeles? You want to see yeah. them all. You know, you, you you want you want the you want the story to be believed, and you want to see it. <clears throat> Same yes. as ghosts, things like that. Why do people go to a go? You know, a haunted house to see a ghost. Yeah, I suppose it's partly to say you've been there, partly to prove, try and prove the the method. You know, the rumor or the prove prove the theory. I guess. Yeah, even the non-believers would go there and say, I only went there to prove there's nothing there. Yeah. You, you've got to stay there for lifetimes to find if there's something there. You can't just visit yeah. there. Then. You just can't, can't visit there for an hour, can you, and expect to no. see it all and end all. Uh, so moving on from Roswell, you've got the Area 51, which I find fascinating, simply the way its reputation has changed over the years. It um, so it is indeed a military installation located about eighty miles or one hundred twenty nine kilometers northwest of Vegas. Uh, it's the site of a lot of secret military tests, um, but there's also a lot of conspiracies and myths and things about it which people are not sure of it's there was a lot of nuclear test in there um, and you know if that's not scary enough the major sort of claim to fame if you like is that there was sort of ter extraterrestrial technology uh, where they researched the uh, technology there or they back engineer crafts that they find um, and they do it all here there's been rumors of um, like 50 floors underground and you go there and there's aliens just walking around, you know, working there or whatever. There's all sorts of crazy, crazy shit from uh, Area 51. Um, <clears throat> do you know the, late, the, the latest story I heard about Area 51? Have you ever heard a breathable liquid? Apparently, some countries are already using this basically as a torture method. Have you seen um, a sensors deprivation chamber? Where yeah, yes. You can. Yeah. Imagine being inside one of them that's filled with liquid. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you don't your eyes. You're submerged in liquid. You panic. You're drowning. Yeah. In your head, you've convinced yourself you've drowned and you're dead, but you're still floating around in an endless space as such but it's a breathable liquid and apparently so i've heard some countries are using it as a torture method already jesus that's and that it's totally believable oh god yeah it's bound to be some form of saving solution that they can do it with somehow it um yeah that's frightening though and can you imagine how terrifying that is like Drowning, oh, and just keep it's one of everyone's worst fears is drowning. And you oh. would, if you were submerged in liquid, your brain would even convince yourself you're dead. Nobody can survive in liquid, no, and especially because you're in that sensory deprivation chamber, completely cut off from any noise, any light, everything. You just you think, think you were just floating in black, you know, you'd think you're in the afterlife. Yeah, you just think, oh, there's nothing after life. It's just black. Yeah, and then imagine like a day or two later, they pop the lid open. Morning, mate. What the? Well, that would mess your head, man. Big oh, time. But yeah, so, you yeah. look weapons and technology and things. Like they say, we're always 20 years ahead in technology with technology that's out now. Yeah, you imagine the stuff they got there. Like high tech stuff, yeah. 
But um, like the people who work there get flown in, don't they, on a special plane? Yeah, um, which is unmarked, and they they're not allowed to tell their family what they work on and all this sort of stuff. That um, like even the people who work on the airline or the airplane that takes them there are all they got to have a certain amount of clearance. Um, yeah, which makes it human, all the more laughable. That's human it. nature secrets will always get out. Yeah, you know, someone's always going to tell someone, and that's when all these theories start. You know, there's always some fact behind it somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's just like leaks, and there's always going to be leaks. But um, it makes me laugh when they when they stuck for so long. Oh, there's nothing there. There's no military base there. There's nothing there. There's nothing to tell. There's no secret base. There's nothing, and they stuck to that for a long time, and they blurred it off maps. They 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 just stuck to it for ages and ages. You know, even though there's like perimeters there, if you you know you can drive there, and there's yeah. perimeters and there's motion sensors. It's got its own private security force which patrols it. Uh, you know, it's got like, but there's nothing there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the size of a small country. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. And like, employees used to stay there for um, a week. I don't know if they still do. I'm sure I read somewhere that that changed a few years back. But they used to fly them in like on a Sunday and then back out the following Sunday. Yeah. Or they'd, or they'd fly them in, sorry, like Sunday night. Or a Monday morning, flying back Friday evening, back uh, back the following weekend. That was like your commute to work. Um, so they, you know, they obviously test jets and different technology, energy weapons and things like this. Um, and yeah, you can get yeah, to well, a certain... what you want to ask yourself is a lot of these weapons. Are, are they doing this for war with other countries or? You know, are we preparing for a higher form of war? Well, um, well, which one of the presidents, I forget which one it was. Might have been Nixon. Might have been. Um, he brought, or one of them brought out a uh, something called the Star Wars Project, which was looking into sort of space weapons for the, you know, the occurrence where aliens would attack or whatever. Um, and they had things like the, they they used to say that the satellites which are in space um, have got you know what some of them are weaponized like um, and there was you know they used to create laser beams and energy weapons and whatnot. When we get to nine eleven, mate, I'll um, present you with a theory about energy weapons, but I'm going to save it. Uh, and I'm going to make you watch them in before it, so you know what the hell I'm talking about. Well, I that's very really interesting. It's is fascinating, mate. The Star Wars program is still running, isn't it? And they changed the name of it. Yeah, they have. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's called now. I, I, I think they kind of NASA just absorbed it, and this is where Men in Black and things have come from as well. And I got, I think it was Regan, Ronald Regan. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was actually because he was. Um... I can remember seeing him speak about it, but to be fair, Nixon did look a bit like Reagan, didn't he? Mm. Um, so apparently, now it's called the Strategic Defense Initiative. Um, it was changed, so it was called. It was, it was called Operation Star Wars or something. Yeah, the Star Wars program. I remember Reagan talking about that. Yeah, so the site began, Area 51 began in 1955 as a, a test centre, supposedly, just for U-2 spy planes. Um, and the U-2 spy plane was the one they used to send over to over the Soviet Union to try and, um, you know, see what they were up to and whatnot. And they would portray it as like a, re a weather research plane. And that was how the first cover, that was the first time their cover story was publicly um, exposed because the Russians shot one down and obviously said, oh, the, you know, we've sent this plane. Um, 
and up until then they'd portrayed it as a weather research plane and then that's when they had to change their story to something different um one of the most bizarre maybe depends who you speak to conspiracy theories about area 51 um this lady called <clears throat> annie jacobson in two, 2011 i think it was 2010 uh she thinks that the site was the center of a like a u.s cover-up that went into motion following the crash in roswell uh, she claims the ufo that the ufo from roswell was a soviet soviet union craft which was piloted by genetically engineered children to make people think that they were uh, it was an alien craft in order to spread fear within america um in this in this theory uh area 51 was like a storage site for this this soviet ship and then the remains of the crew and she went on she claimed that like these kids had genetic modification that had been carried out by um joseph mengali the yeah. uh, you know the nazi scientist yeah um, yeah did all the experiments on like the twins and stuff in the world war Two. um so like that's pretty wild like that's wild even for now but if you think of that in like 1947 it's almost unthinkable do you know what i mean it's it's, it's, uh, it's too crazy. unbelievable for back then but but the russians man they people just write them off as crazy like i just think they're ahead of the curve when it comes to cyber technology and things, Russia are eons ahead of everyone. I remember seeing a documentary the other night and um, something like the top 10 cyber criminals in the world are from Russia. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, like, the thing with Russia is I think they're happy for people to think, like, Putin's just a bit nuts, like, and they Russians are crazy and whatever, because it almost underplays what they can do yeah but if you notice i don't think like when americans whenever there's a bit of tension between russia and america or britain they smooth it over real fast oh yeah they, um, they don't mess about and i mean even with them um, like north korea they let that drag out a bit didn't they for a bit before they sort of smoothed it out and got got, got trump and kim jong-un together to sort of let it drag it out long enough for the whole world to realize how much of a prack kim jong-un is yeah the um yeah they sort of let him hung himself out to dry in some ways didn't they they like just let him make threats but yeah it's um yeah so russian soviet especially in the soviet union era when everything was a bit more secretive compared to what it is now i mean russia's always you know they're still quite secretive secretive but i think soviet union uh, times they were a lot more uh secretive oh, yeah. um, there was, there's still lots of secrets buried behind that iron curtain but like even um like area 51 even now the like the u.s president is on a need-to-know basis and doesn't know like everything that's going on on that site so I remember um, when uh, President Obama, <clears throat> he was the first U.S. president to even comment about Area 51, like specifically, rather than just like a general sort of comment. Uh, yeah. And he made joking comments about the base during the during a, like an awards ceremony. And you know, even the most powerful men in the world in the president of the united states they don't even know what's going on there which yeah, tells me that let's, there's let's stuff say, going especially on. now would you trust donald trump with that amount of information well no probably i probably wouldn't but then like maybe i wouldn't have voted for him to be president like, you know but no but you know whatever like i'm not getting yeah. not, not even going down that route but like um I just I just find it boggling that mind boggling that the leader of the free world, if you like, even he doesn't know what's going on there. 
No. Um, is um, there any one person who knows everything that goes on there? There probably is, and he probably lives on the base and will never, ever leave it. Yeah, he's probably some major or some general, isn't there, who lives on, on site. Giving up his life to run that base. Yeah. So some people think that the moon landing was filmed at Area 51. Um, but they did, you know, they did test the lunar rovers and the support systems and the um, the atomic testing grounds next door. So, you know, they did prepare for the moon uh, voyages at Area 51. So I don't know whether it is a stretch for them to perhaps have uh, staged it there if they did indeed stage it. Totally believable. I've, I've been to Lanzarote to a Mount Timon fire. It's a, an old, an active volcano, basically. But the landscape yeah. of it is how you picture the moon. And when you're driving through it, it's as if you're driving through the moon. So, yeah, and that's a real landscape. Imagine what they could do with synthetic, even back then. If they wanted to fake it, they could have. Oh, yeah, definitely. Easy. But... If America had faked that, I think Russia would have gone all out to dispel it and prove it wrong. Which is yeah. one of the reasons I believe they did land on the moon. Mm. Because I think Russia would have proved that story wrong if it was wrong. Sure about that. It's a tricky one. But well, going back to what I was saying about the they fly the people in, I thought they flew them in like on a week, or they used to fly them in on a weekly basis, but apparently now to keep the locals from suspecting anything strange is happening, because you know, people don't know what's going on uh, most of the base have flown in on a daily basis from Vegas which is around 90 miles away uh, The play, on the planes they, they're called Janet which stands for just another non-existent terminal uh, and they fly them in bizarre isn't it? um yeah, so we touched on it briefly earlier. Um, obviously, the majority of people would have seen the Men in Black films, which you know some people like them, some people don't, whatever. But what people may not know is that there's actually been uh, some strange sort of sightings uh, and sort of witnesses of, of actual people who wear like black suits, black bowler hats, um, and they go and visit people who've had, you know, they've seen UFOs or whatever, or they've been abducted, or they think they've been abducted, or whatever it may be, and they go and visit them, and they act really weird. Um, so, like, as if... Did you ever watch Fringe TV show? Loved it. Awesome, isn't it? So, you know, like, the Watchers? Watcher, yeah. Dead. So they're based on them as well, where they've got like no, um, no, no expressions and no emotions. Uh, so in 1947, this guy um, called Harold Dahl uh, claimed to have been warned not to talk about his alleged UFO sighting on uh, Maori Island by a man in a black suit. Um, and he was visited by these guys and they basically they acted really weird as if they knew what he was going to say before he said it um, and he referred to them as dynamic dynamic uh, supernaturals with exotic facial features um, and yeah there's just a lot of a lot of stories and there's actually some like uh, clips very short clips on like YouTube, like CCTV and stuff of um, like these guys who've just. So it's a dodgy one. It's not something. There's not a lot of informa information about them. So uh, that's a really, um, it's a really weird one because uh, some of the people, uh, particularly people who research UFOs, they uh, they've been visited by these people. And they say afterwards they've suffered like paranoid visions and uh, sort of complex 
like their blood pressure going up and down as if something's happening to them like like uh like a not mind reading but like kind of like like a psychic attack i guess yeah the best to describe it so that i see out of all of it none of it really scares me but they 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 find that terrifying these two like two dudes just turn up to your house would have no badges or anything would just be able to just in like just put impose their will on you without any sort of without you having any say in it um there's obviously secret government departments that deal with these sort of things, but I don't believe that much of it. I think, you know, the story's been spun a bit too much with this one. Yeah, I don't know, because the only thing, the only reason that I've got, like, this sort of slight thing of thinking, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I believe it, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone told me, oh, yeah, it is actually true, is... All the work that the U.S. government did on, um, like trying to do time travel and mind control experiments, um, and trying to do an experiment with like LSD and um, sensory chambers to try and get people to sort of access their psychic abilities and all this type of thing. Now, they were doing that in like the seventies, maybe even earlier. Um. So, like, if they got that to work or if they found a way to do it, any of it, I don't believe that they would have told us. Do you know what I mean? I think I they would keep it to there, the but I think that is a it's secret. I think it's a secret that's too big to be kept a secret. Mm, not necessarily, though, because <laughs> only a handful of people. And people, the people who did the tests... Um, oh, what was his name? Andy Bashago, his name was. He um, he was like a whistleblower for this thing or these experiments. And he reckons that he was sent back in time from these, this chair called the Monotoc chair. Yeah. Uh, and he's, ringing he's, out. he's in like some famous picture or something, which I'm sure people have seen and some people say they've debunked it and whatever. And obviously, the, you had things like the Philadelphia Project with the ship um, disappearing and reappearing with like people stuck in the walls and stuff. So I've got no doubt that they've tried to achieve these things. My doubt is whether they achieved them or not. And I find it hard to believe because we still haven't had like. We don't have real superheroes or psychic psychics and things like that. So, which makes me think that, you know, if someone, if they had a load of psychics, for instance, or people who could use their minds to read minds or whatever it may be, one of them would have blown the whistle at some point, or one of their relatives or somebody do you know what I mean this like I think you're right is too big a too big a, too big of a thing to just no one to talk even a little bit but word can slip out but word can also you know that word can be stopped very very quickly you know say yeah. an accident happened to someone whatever it might be it stopped the others from talking and then nobody would ever know anyway. It's... If they didn't want to make those people disappear, they can also just very, very easily get that person sort of sectioned, make them yeah. out to be crazy, plant a few newspaper stories. And before you know it, that person is regarded as completely, you know, like mentally ill or just completely out there within a week. Like the whole yeah. country or the whole world can think that, you know, don't listen to that person. He's this, that, and the other type of thing. The press can spin it any way they want, can't they? Let's be fair. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we did Area 51. We've done Roswell. I think, mate, we might have to do a part two of Aliens 
and go on to um I wanted I wanted to touch on uh, like crop circles and animal mutilation and stuff like that. That's a, that's so, what I want to go on to, but it's like you say, it's, it's been a long one. This I think we might need a part two. Yeah, so I think like we've just hit an hour and five now. So I think maybe what about if we instead of going on to a different subject next week, we do part two next week. Yeah. And move on to a different subject then the following week after that. Sound good to you? Good so, so next week we'll do Aliens Part 2, peeps. Uh, yeah. We'll touch on crop circles, animal mutilation. I'm sure we'll come up with some other wild conspiracies as I just came up with, with psychics and fucking time travel. But, you know, not that I uh, get sucked into it all or anything. So, thank you all for joining us. Thank you to all the people who've subscribed to the channel because we've picked up a load of subscribers over the last couple of days, um, especially uh, people who follow on Twitter, Facebook. I encourage you all to spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell them all. Everyone you know, tell them. Tell them, come subscribe. Hit the bell so you get notified when we, have, uh, when we upload a video. Come follow us on Twitter at acecast underscore nation. Uh, you can follow Reese at Shaw's at Shaw Celtic, uh, and we're on Facebook Ace Podcast Nation. Spread the word, subscribe, come say hi. Uh, for future, obviously next week we're going to do part two to the aliens. Uh, but if you want us to do a particular conspiracy theory show, send me a message. Or send us a message on the Facebook page, and we are more than happy to take suggestions. And get in the comments, tell us what you think of uh, what we've talked about today. But uh, until then, I'm Simon, that is Reese, and uh, we bid you farewell. Cheers, Good night, God bless. See you soon, Si. Been a nice pleasure. Way. We are out. Podcast Network.